You uh, wanted to see me, Zach? Corelli, we got a situation here. Oh, what, what's up? Well, I've been giving this a lot of thought, and this web slinger is all over the place. He's not just in movies. He's in cartoons, comics, coloring books. I want to talk about all of it. So what what are you what are you saying exactly? Get me more podcasts of Spider-Man. More? We already released Spider-Man Minute five times a week. You don't think that's enough? There's seven days in a week, Corelli. Where's my Sunday Gazette, my Saturday edition? Uh, Weekend Bugle? Oh, I like that. But what if we called it The Weekend Bugle? Yeah, The Weekend Bugle, sure. Oh, and another thing. How do we start monetizing this stuff? I want a quarter every time somebody listens. Well, why don't we put The Weekend Bugle on Patreon? Patreon? Yeah, our listeners can go to duelinggenre.com slash support, become a patron for $5 a month, and gain access to The Weekend Bugle and all the other bonus podcasts we put on Patreon. Fantastic idea, Corelli. Glad I thought of it. They don't want us to be famous. Patreon will make us infamous. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we can't destroy Spider-Man 2. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> One brilliant but lazy callback minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Ethan Anderton from SlashFilm.com. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ethan. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, today we're talking about Minute 109, which starts with more cars being pulled by the mag- magnetic field of the fusion experiment and ends with Peter reminding Otto of something he once said about intelligence. Mm, yes. Yes. Oh. Uh, so this is the uh, this is sort of the um, I don't know. We've already we've already basically gotten our big sort of action, uh, you know, the end of uh, act three sort of action set piece. And now this is sort of the, uh, all, I don't know, like the little, the little mini all hope is lost moment, like within the sequence yeah. itself, you know, yeah. of uh, it looks like we're not going to be able to stop this thing. So now I have to level with this other human being that I was just pummeling uh, <laughs> <laughs> and try to convince him to tell me how to shut this down. Uh, it's that, that shot of uh, Doc Ock's arm in the water shorting out and like sparking um, yeah it's kind of sad a little bit <laughs> yeah which is know. weird for such a murderous creature that we've seen do all sorts of like horrific things the whole way through i'm, I'm talking about the arm itself not Ock. uh right. like you know i'm sure we've seen that exact arm like punch through concrete and throw cars and scare people and you know eviscerate doctors but there's something about the like it's almost like a puppy whine it gives out as it like mm-hmm. shuts down there, or I just feel immediately sympathetic. I'm such an easy mark when movies are <laughs> doing stuff like that. Oh no, the animal's hurting. It's sad. Right? Yeah. No. 
Yeah. I will always care about the devil dog more than I care about the people. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe that's a, <laughs> that a fundamental <laughs> issue with the way we take in images and yeah, <laughs> movies. It's a character flaw. It's fine. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love that it's a practical arm, though, man. It's, it, yeah. just, it looks great. It really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to love those puppets. It's uh, a nice beat. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. You know, we were talking about like that first shot. We were talking last uh, in the last episode about the cars being like pulled back by the mag- magnetic field, and we sort of assumed mm-hmm. that there must have been some cable that they like erased. Um, yeah. In post production, this uh, big wide shot of like this sort of uh, T junction uh, that we're looking On the back at. Lot. Um, yeah. That's like way, that's even more impressive than I, the I more don't know close shots. How they did it? It just looks. Yeah. It looks like they're getting dragged along by a force or like pushed by wind or something, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you can make a wind that strong, even if you made those like super light, like fake fiberglass cars or something. Mm-hmm. And it's always been I, kind I, of weird to me that the the cars and stuff are being dragged, but like it has no effect on like any of the buildings or things. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of metal stuff in cities in general, but not, not. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's really creating any you know problems of force elsewhere. <laughs> right, just the really heavy stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no like somebody's cutlery set just like clanging along the street on the way there, or, or so, like, or like someone's uh, riding a bike and the bike's just getting pulled faster and faster. <laughs> <laughs> there, there really is a, a missed opportunity for some more like Sam Raimi like kookiness, but like also like horror, much like the. Um, you know, the, the hospital scene, uh, earlier, you know, like of just, of like people just dodging sharp things that are flying around. Uh, (laughs) I just imagine like a kitchen and all of their knives start flying out. Yeah. They just all all fly towards the wall, like around somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. Um, we do. What's funny in the wide shot is we do finally get some like New Yorkers because all of the other shots with the cars were, um, empty streets or whatnot. And uh, the, uh, what do you call it, nail salon shop with the, with the pink sign out front, that random car that wasn't moving last week is just gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. just evaporated somewhere. Uh, whoopsie daisies. Oh, well. What are you going to do? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, man, I love, I love generic New York signage, like Big Apple parking. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's an A plus backlot. Um, it's I mean, my favorite yeah. stuff. That's what all of the parking lots are called in New York. I'm not sure if you guys have ever been there, but oh, for real? Yeah, yeah it's just That's every amazing. every major city just has like the the cliche city, like like over <laughs> Chicago, it's windy city parking, and oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, this should be windy city parking. Um, would explain hey. what's going on here. <laughs> Ethan delivered that joke so dry that I 100% believed him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, no, I haven't spent much time in New York. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, man. So then, uh, so, so after the, after the, the sad sparks of the, uh, the arm, uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man sort of uh, hops on over to, to Otto and reveals his identity to him yeah um, well we get a glamour shot first with like the sun in the background where he just like yeah. turns and does like a well he, my cool well, he, already, he already knew that he was that it was peter parker didn't he no oh did he know i don't know he so. did no he like, did because he because um oh wait maybe oh you're no you're right he doesn't uh-huh. yeah 
Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tricky because it makes sense that some he would no, at this well, point. Well, he figures but... it out, doesn't he, though? Because that's why he kidnaps Mary Jane to begin with, isn't it? No, see, the the Mary Jane's kidnapping makes no sense, really, within the context of the film. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he kidnaps Mary Jane to get Spider-Man's photographer to find Spider-Man <laughs> to meet him at 3 oh, o'clock that's right, that's on the right. clock tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he asked, he asked Harry, he's like, he's like, how do I get to, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Peter, Parker, Peter Parker, he takes his Peter yeah. Peter Parker knows where he is, uh, so hijinks ensue. Um, yeah, it's a lot, but so, which does make this reveal like it's framed as such a big moment. Um, and <laughs> Otto is so proud of himself for like recognizing his face, I guess. But it kind of takes the wind out of it a bit because, by all rights, this is not a big reveal. You know, like it. It, it should be obvious s- that there's it a be person. <laughs> yeah. Um. I well, but I just love when he, just the slow build to him saying "brilliant but lazy," <laughs> and then sort of raising his eyebrow up a little, like arching it up a little. That—that's yeah. how I. That's what I do anytime I purposefully make a terrible joke. Um, <laughs> that's the face I try to nail. Because uh, you just... you're just like, right? Huh? Yeah, that's you genuinely what what my dad looks like sometimes. Like he <laughs> slides that one out there, and then he's just like, "Huh? Uh-huh. Huh? See what I said?" He's such will, a dork, this guy. He is. I will say this for the unmasking: uh, when he does actually pull the mask off, I think this is the first time in any of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films where they didn't cheat anything with the unmasking. Uh, they just cut to him and he's wearing just a regular fabric mask and he pulls it off. Mm. But there's no like, there's no cut where they go from, you know, the, the fancier mask to that. There's no CGI anything. They just, and I think it's because they have the little like glamour shot earlier where he like turns with the sun behind him. Like, look at my cool Spider-Man mask that when they cut back to him and he just pulls the thing off, they don't even bother to fake it. He yeah. just pulls off a regular spandex mask. Mm. I kind of love it. No, that looks yeah. good. I didn't realize yeah. it. Just, it just didn't even click because it's so natural. I was like, "Oh, that mm-hmm. is weird that they did that." Wow. Yeah, yeah they didn't even try. Yeah. <laughs> it's always bugged me that like you, the the mask fits so perfectly and like lines up perfectly with the rest of the suit, but there's no indication as to how it looks so seamless or how yeah. how it stays <laughs> attached to his neck. Like, sure, maybe, maybe there's like little <laughs> tiny magnets or something, but. <laughs> no, it always just looks way too perfect for him to just be able to pull off the mask like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially because in the first film, they were a lot more uh, overt with that it was one connected piece to the point where like it was kind of tugging up on his shoulders a bit. At least in this one, they've tailored it down a bit more where you could kind of, if you pretend the way that like you pretend Indiana Jones can like hit a, something with his whip and fly across <laughs> the chasm, you like kind of pretend that it perfectly right. fits in there. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's moments like this that really sell it where they just like, well, let's just not fake it this time. And then that will give us like um, the benefit of the doubt all the other times that we see the perfect mask. Yeah, he just kind of pops it off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, really, you know, now is not the time for your dad jokes. Uh, like it's just it takes so much time with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Peter just has an expression on his face like. Dude, now we do not have the time for this. Like, <laughs> I get that we have that in joke, but we don't. 
It's not even our in joke. It's my in joke with with Kurt Connors, not with you. <laughs> um, you're, you're repeating someone else's joke. I we really need to focus. <laughs> and he just returns with a look. What's happening? Like, yeah. Just please, for the love of God, can we be present? Well, for and then a we get we get that line that is uh, a little, you know. We we have found that uh, Alvin Sargent is a little guilty of phoning in uh, his script pages in this uh, this bit uh, as far as dialogue is concerned because we get yeah. this very prequel esque sounding line of "We must destroy it," which is not how a human <laughs> being talks. Um, <laughs> like we we have to destroy it is so much more natural sounding. Yeah. Than we must destroy it. Uh, it's just so <laughs> extra. I don't know. Yeah, we've we've elevated into a totally different realm here. We're no longer in <laughs> the uh, even attempt at making this a regular realistic conversation. This is just <laughs> science fiction explodey things and two, you know, monster costume people talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Very unnatural. Yeah. I don't know. I say stuff like that every day. <laughs> like, like when it's time to take out the garbage, I'm just like, we have to destroy it. <laughs> no, no. You just see, you said it the natural way. Right. See, it's, we it's have hard to destroy to it. it. That's, yeah, but we must. We must <laughs> That's destroy the weird part. it. <laughs> there are bigger things happening than you and me and this recycling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we man. must get it out of here. Uh, um, yeah, but <laughs> uh, d- d- so then uh, just the sheer suggestion that it should be destroyed uh, mm. sends uh, Doc into a little bit of a tizzy. Um, yeah, you could say that. And he 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 grabs him by the throat. Uh, <laughs> it's like at first there's the almost like. Uh, He's still in professor mode where he's like, no, no, I can't. I can't do that. And then the longer he sits in that, the more it sort of ramps up to the uh, murderous rage thing, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I mean, I don't know how it's the like id thing coming out again, where it's like the sort of primal like wants that he has Trump everything else in terms of the way he interacts with the tentacles that they sort of are the the subconscious like desires or whatever but i i'm just like mostly impressed that melina can do both of these things within the span of like 60 seconds and i don't i don't really feel the movie breaking mm-hmm. like he is dad joke goof boy and then we just watch his face like melt into uh cartoon villain man mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> dad joke goof boy why do i talk like this i don't know <laughs> I don't know, but uh, maybe we should get Alvin Sargent to rewrite your dialogue. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think this is like, it's uh, as like so silly as part of the scene is like, it, it really is a testament to Alfred Molina, like his, that why this is one of the best comic book villains we've ever seen. Because really, he's just a grown up version of Peter Parker, who, mm-hmm. you know, went bad instead of good because, of, you know, his mind being inhibited by this chip. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's... It's all it's all finally coming to a head. I mean, they had their like parallel development for a while, and then Ock kind of drops out of the movie for a, a big section of it, and now they're finally you know coming back together. And again, it's one of these things with this movie where 
the sort of fly by the seat of the pants way that they made it, um, when it does all come together, it, it's kind of astonishing that it works as well as it does. Oh um, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like we've been saying through this whole season, uh, it, mm. it all comes down to like how strong the themes were in this movie and, um, how, if you're just describing the arcs of the characters, everything just fits so perfectly, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it all just comes together really nicely so that like, even when, you know, certain, certain material doesn't transition quite perfectly and, and mm-hmm. things like that, you can, you can just, you know, roll right over it most of the time, uh, because yeah. the, the movie as a whole just works so well. Yeah. yeah. And this is one of those moments where, you know, as cheesy as the phrasing is, as like weird as the circumstances are, as much as we have <laughs> cars flying through the street, but no smaller objects than cars, <laughs> there is, there is at least the, um, the under underlying structure of he once gave him life advice that helped him out and then lost his way. And now Peter's the one advising him mm-hmm. and it might, it might be able to, to fix this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it, because it's because throughout the movie, Peter learned the lesson. Yes. And, yes. and, and Otto lost it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Now he's using what he's, what he's uh, earned, I guess, to uh, affect change in his world. If we want to be a yeah. Campbellian about it, but yeah, it's, it's satisfying to watch it happen. Uh, <laughs> this is regardless of the stuff around it. Yeah. And this is also, uh, this, this bit of the, the puppet arm choking, uh, choking him. Um, uh-huh. this is so much more believable than when it was squeezing Spider-Man's head earlier. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just, just the throat. no pressure involved at all in the, in the, in the squeezing of the head. And then here it's, uh, it, you know, I, obviously he has a lot of room, but like, between Toby's choked acting and and uh, Melina's sinister face and and mm-hmm. everything like it it all just sort of works good enough whereas the the head crushing with no acting on the Spider-Man face that was uh that that didn't work so well. Yeah. Yeah. It's more the danger is more present here versus <laughs> in the bank scene where like he's <laughs> I'm going to squash you and then he puts the two hands around Spidey's head and it's just like them shaking no yeah no that doesn't that doesn't yeah. work at all I, w- <laughs> I will say though <laughs> the one part that makes me laugh with the choking yes peter's choking face or toby's choking face is on point and the you know the way that melina is really leaning into his like he almost like he leans his head down further and arches his eyebrows and all these sort of things so he like looks like a scarier person the one thing that makes me laugh here and it does make me laugh every time is <laughs> When it goes to choke him, they have to have the CGI one, like, make the initial move. And Toby does, like, the choke motion, and then he, like, has this feeble little movement with his arm. Like, oh, I could try, but no. Like, I could try to touch this and pull it off, but no. As if he, like, <laughs> is very aware of the fact that he can't put his hand anywhere near his throat because that's going to interfere with the CGI. <laughs> so he just, he just does this little tiny uh, thing with his hand. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like it. Um, I think that's. Uh, I mean, I think that's pretty much all we got here. Um, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not. These aren't minutes where like several uh, plot points are occurring. These are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're minutes it's where we need to. Sit. It's an important emotional beat. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Yes. Very much absolutely. so. Very much so. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, Ethan, uh, where can uh, people find you uh, trolling around on the internet? Uh, well, I'm always writing over at slashfilm.com about movie and TV news. Uh, if you like mm-hmm. listening to podcasts as opposed to doing more reading, you can check out our podcast, Slash Film Daily, uh, that we publish nice. every weekday. We'll recap some of the bigger uh, news of the day. And then you can also check me out on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. And I've also got my own podcast, which is just an assembly of uh, talking about movies and wisecracking and weird weird <laughs> tangents and whatnot. It's called Go Flix Yourself, F-L-I-X. <laughs> uh, and that's available on iTunes and some other podcasting platforms. Beautiful. Huh. All right. Fantastic. Uh, and we will be back tomorrow with Minute 110. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.